0: Thank you to the tarot. That's awesome. We gather on a Sunday morning before Christmas. There's a lot of different things that run through heart and mind as a pastor. And uh, so this morning as I have spent some time uh, thinking and praying, I know that uh, it's it's that time of the season where you know, the Christmas tree is out and, and uh, people are excited about that, which is kind of fun. And I know uh, maybe not so much this hour, but you know, maybe the, more the next hour, the, the little people will be around. And they're really excited about whose name is on what present and where it's actually located underneath the, the Christmas tree. And what I really want to say to you this morning, there's this, there's really two sides to this whole Christmas thing. There's the side of, you know, it's, there's the excitement of, wow, this is the present that I'm going to get. And all of us love that part of life. We kind of like to say, you know what, I thought about you. I got your, this specific gift. And we're looking for that expression on their face. And so that's kind of neat as you walk through this Christmas season. But there's also another side to the Christmas story. There's a side where kind of there's this life in front of us. And there is the, you know, the reality that some of us might not be here next year. Or we might be here next year, but we might not be as healthy as we are this year, next year. And so as you gather, there's, there's a turmoil in my soul that, you know, there's sometimes I just want to really make you feel good, and you walk out, and they' think, wow, that's really what I wanted to hear today. But I also know that most of you have been in the doctor's office, and then they come in and say, you know, well, we need to really do this. And the do this part is never anything exciting in my perspective. Because when they say they need to do this, then that means there's needles involved. And I don't do well with needles. So the first thing that I want to share with you is let's talk about the life side of Christmas before I give you the joy side of Christmas. Let me talk to you about the realities of what is all taking place around the world in, in, in very open and honest ways. But people are really going to miss it. So let's start with the first part of it. I want you to take your Bible and go with me to Matthew chapter 1. I've been asking myself uh, this, this uh, Christmas season, I've been thinking about the gift. And usually as you live in the United States of America, or probably anywhere around the world, the majority of Christmas is about the gift. What am I going to get? How am I going to be able to use it? What is it going to look like? How's it going to benefit your life? How quickly are you going to break it? And then it goes in the closet and you don't use it anymore. But I want you to think with me this morning about the gift, and I want you to ask yourself the question, why the gift? Why Jesus? I know it's simple to to be excited about the Christmas tree, the lights and the glitter and all those things. Enjoy those things, but there's more to this than just that. Matthew chapter 1, you read these words in Matthew chapter 1. Go back to verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, they came, and before they came together, she was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him, Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had promised to the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did it as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife before he knew her. Not only she gave birth to her son, He called his name Jesus. Why? This is the part that probably you won't high-five me when you leave. This is the doctor's part. Why was he born? Because we needed forgiveness. And when you read through Matthew chapter 1, it's awesome to, be in, to see the, the scope of what it is. Joseph and Mary. And Joseph is, is in, a, in a quandary, in a situation, in a struggle. He's betrothed to a woman who's going to have a child. Doesn't go over real well in society. And Joseph's response is going to have to be, this is from the Holy Spirit. Now how's that going to work, Joseph? Have you lost your mind? And so as you see the struggle in the Scriptures, Joseph, before he hears the Word of God, he has a choice to make. And before the angel comes to him, you know what Joseph's choice is? I'll just put her away quietly because I don't want to embarrass her. But then God speaks. And Joseph changes. Do not miss that at this Christmas season. These are not my words. The why is not my answers. The why that we will celebrate something that happened 2,000 years ago. The reason why is because, look in verse 21. She will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from... What does your Bible say there? Whose sins? Do you believe that? To save people from their sins, your sins and my sins. Now I realize that might not be a little bit more, you know, you know what you really want to hear, and so let me go with you just a little bit longer. I want you to know some things about this Jesus. Go to Matthew chapter nine with me. Matthew chapter nine, look at verse nine. As Jesus passes on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and he followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in their house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I came to call, not to call the what? Righteous, but who? Sinners. You and I should be jumping up and down, high-fiving each other, saying, thank you, Jesus, for a gift that came to us, he didn't have to. But as you run through this this season, he's reclining with tax collectors. He's calling sinners. I want a relationship with you. I want to get involved in your life. Another thing that I find very interesting as you, in the book of Matthew, go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from me from the wise and understanding and reveal them to little children. Yes, Father, for such of you as gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father and no one and my burden is light. Matthew chapter 11, verse 9, gives you an opportunity to ask for help. As you gather at the Christmas season, your life was not designed for you to do it on your own. Your life was designed by the Creator God for you to come and ask Him to reach out to Him. The gift was given so that you would have resources that were available to you. And I know you've heard me say this, but I don't think I want to give up this line just quite yet. You do not like that it's for help. So you're sitting here this morning and something is offered to you that will be offered every single day that you're alive. But the question will be is, will you say, you know what, Lord? I need you. I'll come over there. I don't want to do life on my own. And so... The doctor part is you enter into the Christmas, the gift. Why did he come for my sin. I'm excited that he loves sinners, aren't you? I'm excited that he wanted to have a relationship with us. And so he gave that gift. I will empty myself so the gift will be made available. The question will be, is will you pause and ask your Savior? receive that gift. I realize it's Sunday and you're in church, but that does not mean that you have forgiveness of your sin today. It's available, but you only receive forgiveness when you ask. When there's something that comes outside outside of you saying, Jesus, I need forgiveness. I believe in you. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, whoever receives it. I realize that probably there will not be one Christmas tree this year that there will be a gift left underneath that tree. Most of us don't wrap the gift and say, well, just let it sit there and make it look it's just it's interesting to look at. No. We wrap it with a purpose. So that someone can receive it. There's another part of this gift that I've been thinking about, and I want to share a little bit with you this morning as well. I want to share with you out of John chapter 13, the walk. Because I realize on a Sunday morning that the majority of people sitting in here recognize that they're a sinner and said, You know what, Jesus? I need forgiveness. But life happens. And there's a tendency to see life from a perspective that you know how it all should work just as you. And so as you're entering or you're leaving 2018, are you still walking with him? Are you still moving towards him in your relationship? As I think about this walk, I was thinking about John chapter 13. So take your Bible, go to John chapter 13, starting in verse 34. John 13, 34. John 13, says this. A new command I give to you, that you love one another. Isn't that just kind of nice to read that commandment? And then you think about all those people that are supposed to love you. I mean, don't you know this? Son, daughter, grandson, wife, husband. You're supposed to love me. That's biblical advice. But you know what's interesting? You will never be able to love until you become the reality of how much he has loved you. And it's interesting as you put these things together. Look at verse 34. A new command I give you that you love one another. Just as I loved you, you also are to love one another. Have you paused 2018 and thought about what it means to be loved by Jesus? Have you sat with your Bible open and your heart open and just tried to comprehend that thought? He loves me. You realize there's never been a time that you have not been chosen? There was never a time when you were at recess saying, hey, choose me, choose me, choose me, that, that he had already chosen you. There's never been a time that any one of us sitting in here or anywhere in the world could ever say that God does not love us. And You know what's interesting? Most of us work for recognition. Most of us are just waiting for that, just that one person to say, wow, you did a really good job. And if we don't get that, we walk around like we're madder than a hornet. Your lip is down, your shoulders are down, your head's down, and you walk around and say, wow, poor me. Oh, it's been really rough year this year. Nobody loves me. That's a lie from hell. There's never been a time that you have not loved. But also that works a little bit on the other side too. We need to love people sacrificially. Not always, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Make me happy today. That is not the way that you were loved. You were loved by God that says, I will lay down my life for you. And it's interesting, all of us want to be loved like that but we don't do a good job loving that way. And so this morning as you're walking through the end of 2018 and you're getting ready to go into 2019, you could show them that next slide. That's how much you're loved. That's what it's cost. So accept that. Allow that to soak into who you are. Because if you end in verse, the end of verse 35, it says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How are people going to see Jesus in you? The demonstration of you receiving Jesus' love by your actions. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me do this. It's not natural for any of us to love sacrificially. What's natural for all of us is sin nature. The other part that I want you to just to kind of sit with this morning is this John chapter 14. So if you're in 13, kind of kind of going down to John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way that I'm going. And then Thomas asked the question in John chapter 14, verse 6. Do you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What's interesting, if you look at John chapter 14, that trouble is a choice. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now I realize there are times, hours, moments, that our hearts are troubled. Eric yesterday wasn't, real comfortable with being burnt until they gave him a little bit more morphine. But even then, there's trouble in soul because there's burnt issues and there's pain. I don't think we should walk around never being troubled. I think we should not allow our hearts to be troubled over a long period of time. If I know something also that because you don't like to ask for help, Your father loves you enough to give you enough to allow your heart to be troubled. So you go back to your father and say, hey, I need you. I don't know how to fix this. So it's kind of like this: you're in this quandary of, you know, well, how do I do life? How do I handle circumstances? God, what are you doing? I don't know. I know something is going to happen in 2019. There will be trouble. What will it look like? I have no idea. Some people will get knee replacements. Some people will have strokes. Some people will be diagnosed with cancer. Some people will end up in heaven. Children will be born in 2019. That's trouble enough, isn't it? Having a new child in 2019. You don't get any sleep anymore. They don't listen. I was giggling. I was talking to Jordan. I'm trying to become friends with Jordan and Josie's little Jack. And so I said to him the other night, I said, well, is Jack going to be here on Sunday night? And he says, yeah, if you're going to chase him around, I think, oh, I think I'm a little too old for that right now. He runs too fast for me. I don't know. I mean, that little guy just says, go. And he goes, he's doosh douche. And he doesn't stop. You can stand and have a conversation with him. And I would encourage you to do it. He's an incredible conversationalist as a little guy. He has his thoughts and opinions. And it's really kind of fun to talk to him. But your father loves you, and he's going to allow situations to enter into your world so that you'll turn and say, Dad, I need you. And most likely, there's going to be enough trouble to get your attention so that the words will be uttered out of your mouth, Dad, I need you. But your father does not want you to continue to walk in trouble of your soul. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But he cannot and won't make you follow him. Joy is available any time that we ask. And so as you're entering into the walk, know there are situations in life that are in front of you. Know that it's not going to be always the candle. It's not always going to be the gift. You know why I know that? It's the next passage of Scripture it's John chapter fifteen. As you enter into John chapter fifteen, there's some words that jump out to me that if you read it slowly and think about it, there are words that are just kind of like, oh yeah, that's kind of what you've done in my life, and I really make sense now as I walk through John chapter fifteen. I'm the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that bears not fruit he takes away. And every branch branch that does bear fruit, he what? He does what? How many of you have that word highlighted in your Bible or circle? How many of us can look back at 2018 and felt the, oh, you want to do that in my life? How many of us need to pause before we enter into 2019 and say, you know what, I think you've been pruning in my life and I've been mad at you this year. I think you've been wanting to do something in my life to sharpen me and you're resentful to him for that. Now I realize that you're not a two-year-old, you're not on the, on the ground pitching a fit, but some of you are pitching fits inside. Some are saying, you know what, this just isn't fair. Like we need him to let us know what's fair and not fair. Some of us haven't grasped the reality that there's a plan that he has set forward from the eternity past to say, Hey, I see you here, but you need to go through this to get over here. And the stuff that you need to go through are not things that you would willingly say, okay, Father, I'm looking forward for you to prune me and send me down that road so I will enter that road because I want to be on the A class and not the B class. There's not one of us in this room. Or most likely there's very few in this room. There's probably some of us in this room that are looking back and see what he's done and in the midst of our anger and frustration in his goal to humble us, we say now from a heart of gratitude, thank you for sending me down that road. I like where I am now compared to who I was 20 years ago. Thank you. Can you take him back? Um, let's go back uh, to that next. The, let's go back a slide. As I walk my way through John chapter 15. He prunes to bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in the vine. And you'll go through there and you'll read the word abide. And I I don't know if you can see that very well or not, but I really think about the word abide as just clinging on for everything that you're worth. Jesus, I'm holding on to you. I don't know where to go. But I know that you're the rock. And you're not moving. And as much as I want to go in that direction, just run in the total opposite direction, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to cling on to you for everything I'm worth. You know what is true? And show them the next one. Don't do life alone. You were never designed to do life alone. And so, this morning, as you gather as a family, as we enter into the Christmas season, it's kind of neat to to pause and think about the gift and why was the gift given. Because all of us in this room are sinners, that's why He gave the gift. You can show them the, next one. The question will be, is will you receive the gift? It's available to you today. Two thousand plus years ago, He was born in a major. Thirty-three years later, He died on the cross. So, we could have forgiveness today. So, if you've never said, Jesus, by faith I place my trust in you, if you've never asked for forgiveness, make today that day. Enter into 2019 with a Father that never moves and never changes, that's available to you today. But you will have to receive it. I can't force it on you. You have to accept the gift. Say, okay, I accept the gift. And the other part is I want to encourage you to continue the walk. Say, Jesus, I'm walking with you. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know where I'm going to go. But I know that you're there. So I want to do something as we close this time frame. I'll ask Nancy just to turn all the lights down except for the Christmas tree and just leave the cross on. You can turn the screens blank too if you don't mind. Okay, can you take the other ones down? I mean, I know it's not going to be all the way dark, but we'll turn them back on before you leave so you don't have to worry about tripping, all right? But there's something that's really interesting to me. Now, yeah, take a moment. Yeah, there we go. Something that's really interesting to me. I've been doing some reading. And probably every home or majority of homes around the world, there'll be something kind of like a tree. And there'll be people that have spent hours hanging lights and as my wife says, I don't know if she says, if your spouse says this to you, stand back and squint so you can see all the missed spots that you missed. So the lights go on, the decorations go on. But you know what's something that's always interesting? There's a tree behind all of that. That tree, behind all the glitter and lights and decorations was what he died on 33 years after he was born. So really, in your home, if you have a real Christmas tree, you've put water in it, and that tree will die. And you'll take it outside and you'll burn it or you'll throw it away or do whatever you're going to do with it. You know what really might be the greatest Christmas gift? is for you to learn to die. For you to learn. That's really all that you need. I know it's fun to see the lights and the glitter. But that's not really reality. The reality is in front of you today as a cross nails, and an empty tomb. If you've never received it, I would encourage you to receive that gift today. If you have received that gift, no matter how much it hurts, I would encourage you to move towards that cross. Because the greatest gift was ever given to you was not that he was born, the greatest gift, chose the day he was born to die to himself so that you would have life. How many people in our community are waiting for you to die to yourself through the power of the cross so they can see Jesus in you? And you know what? A lot of us are more worried about the glitz and the glamour and the lights. But you know what? That does not provide forgiveness. So, Father, we're here today getting ready to celebrate the greatest gift ever given. It was your Son. So, Father, as we pause to say thank you for that gift, we pause to say, Jesus, thank you for being unlike any other child that was ever Born on this earth, it was never about you. It was always about your obedience to your Father. So if you're here today and you've never received the gift of salvation, he loves you, he gave his life for you, he rose again, so you could have forgiveness. Receive that today. for those who are hurting. Receive the gift of the cross today. Walk with Him. Abide in Him. Cling to Him. Nancy, if you don't mind, you just lift the lights up. Father, as we leave this facility and go into a broken world, I ask Holy Spirit that the broken world would see Christ in us. And that you would give us opportunities in the remaining of remainder of 2018 and into 2019 to be able to say to people, I'm only whole because I have you, Jesus. May Jesus be something that is used often and would be normal, out of our voice. Jesus, you've given so much for us. May we humbly give our lives back to you. It's your name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas.